0: Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here.
1: Good morning, everybody. It's exciting to be here today with you. I want today to be an impartation for you to have a rhythm to live it. And titled this message, um, Live Space. We've been there. We got it all. You can learn a technique, get rich quick, get healthy, find a new rhythm, go to a seminar. But sometimes when you get out of the class setting, when it gets real, you find yourself taking four steps backwards. When you know you had progress and then in those moments you can feel so discouraged, so defeated, and you wonder, does anybody else get it? Does anybody understand? Am I the only one that feels this way? Life gets raw, it gets real. Well, today I'm hoping that there's a paradigm shift, that space, this idea that says, I need to pause and let God be God because I'm not. You sick of playing God in your life? You're not, and I'm not. And that's good because we have a God who knows how to make the universe so he for sure can handle your problems. And so don't give up, don't get be discouraged. But how do you connect into the rhythm, the clock, if you will, the metronome of how you enjoy it all the time? So it's not just something you set, as part, set aside time once a year, but it's a rhythm now, because I believe that we're so caught up in the rhythm of what uh, the world's telling us, of what success looks like, what the pattern, that we find ourselves exhausted when God is never trying to get us just to a destination. But he wants to have his presence with us through every situation all the time, all the time, all the time. So today I hope that um, you're acclimated into the real world into a way that gives you power at your job, gives you power in your home, gives you power through the situations that are so frustrating. God wants to liberate you today. So if you find yourself on the journey a little bit weary, you're in a good place. Thanks for coming, pushing through the snow Mr. Plow, Mr. Plow, da da da, Mr. Plow, Simpsons episode. Mr. Plow. First Peter chapter two, eleven and twelve. It says, "Friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourself cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. You're not a body that has a soul. You're a soul that has a body." And your soul is the most alive place of your being because it's what will live forever. In the same way that you're breathing today. (sighs) You need to take three of them. (sighs) It does something to you. Your spirit all the time, your soul, the breath of eternal life is deep from within. That rhythm, that cadence today, God is trying to um, give us the perspective of how he sees this. So live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they'll be won over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. Space, the final frontier. People are infatuated with what's next these mountaintop experiences. Today's a Super Bowl. Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to hold the trophy. And then you're going to see the interview of people. They're going to celebrate for a moment. And then they're going to try to get another one. They're going to get another one. Anyone who's ever climbed the the business ladder, they found that there was uh, so much fun in the success for a moment, but then what's the purpose after the deal gets closed or, you know, the goal gets achieved. And then there's this cycle of mountaintop experiences and then valley moments and mountaintop experience. And I do think that God is in both, but I think he's a constant trying to be present in all situations. That's why if you hear families that have children and then they say, when the kids moved out, we had nothing more in common because everything was focused on the children, the goal in that particular moment. Or if you hear somebody that, uh, has uh, went to war, it was so hard to get acclimated into civilian lifestyle because it was so different than what the pace that normal mo- people live in. And the, 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 the transition, the culture shock is, is crippling. And for us, I think these moments with Jesus can be like that. Maybe you've never had a moment with Jesus, and I hope today's your day. But for Jesus followers that have been kind of in the cut with Jesus, if you will, in the trenches you get caught up in thinking that God is points, checkpoints, balances, and that that's what it's all about, the destination. And I really want to inspire us to live the rhythm that heaven wants us to live today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses eight through 15, it says, already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. Without us, you have become kings. To the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless. We labor, working with our own hands. We reviled, we blessed. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still like the scum of the world, the refuse of all, th- all things. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you, to cheer you on as my beloved children, for though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel, meaning good news. What's that big, long paragraph section meaning? This. You could be in Christ and start to count your own development as your strength, being wise in the ability that you've maintain and obtain in this world from what you've possessed. Maybe you've possessed a degree and you start to feel a little bit more confident. And what Paul's saying here is this, you can be in Christ, you can think you're wise, but I'm telling you, us as leaders in this thing, we're okay that we're mocked as fools to go really low, that it doesn't matter what people think because we recognize to be in Christ is what the riches of this world will never have to offer. Because that's to be rich, that's to be full. As to live a life space. We got it all. We've been there. We have it. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. Where do you find yourself on the spectrum today? Weak? Well, you're probably in good company. Apostle Paul wrote 13 books of the Bible, and he said he was weak. But those that are strong, we're not hearing that they are authors in any of the text. It was those that had a posture of brokenness that said, uh. I'm okay with just God, no matter what is happening all around me. This is challenging in a world that seems uh, so far off this rhythm, especially us being in America, the American dream. Well, what does that mean? Pastor, I need to get mine, We we gotta provide, true. But at some point that's just shallow, we get it, now what? We gotta get the next thing, now what? What Jesus promised was a kingdom that would never be shaken, never be taken away, that no one could ever come against, that it will live and reign forever. And otherwise, if Jesus isn't telling the truth, then we're of all people to be most pitied. But if he's telling the truth, then it's okay, we could be a fool for him. We could lose everything this world has to offer, but we could gain the thing that's gonna overcome it all. That's that posture of the heaven rhythm, the heaven drum to keep you living this so it's not just a moment. Because here's the truth. Uh, this isn't some get rich quick, some quick uh, health thing, some seminar. This isn't just, come on, let's run some sprints and now you're in shape. That doesn't happen. Have you, who started workout plans? Who's tried to get their finances right? And sometimes it's difficult. You take three steps forward, five steps back. Three step, you're on. The, what Jesus has always promised, he said, hey, you're not defined by this rhythm. You're defined by the presence in what I give you because apart from me, he makes a very, very, very bold statement. It's like sin will separate you from the father forever. In fact, we learn that we're dead in our sin apart from God. Dead. I saw someone share a post this week and they were saying goodbye to their loved one and the person was already gone. Pretty graphic. He's like, whoa. But it, in the same regard, it kind of, let me know the frailty that this life, you don't, you don't live forever as far as deciding, you, your soul lives forever, but you don't, you're gonna die. I'm gonna die. It's gonna, everyone's gonna die. No one wants to think about that. Jesus comes and he starts to kind of eliminate that fear. He's always said, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Even on the cross, he has a thief right next to him and, and he's saying, today you will be with me in paradise. You become unstoppable when you recognize you, you live dead. You can't, you can't kill someone who already lives dead because they never die. And in Christ, there's a hope that's so powerful that transcends the world. And, and I think the debate could be, well, if it's not true, then what? Well, as we look at all the options in this world, I've only found one that deals with this issue that we all feel, which is what is wrong with me? Why do I make bad choices? Why do I think bad things? Why, uh, why do I wanna, you know, eye for an eye? How do I get set free? I need a savior. And if you haven't gotten to a place where you don't think you need a savior yet, then Jesus won't f- sound appealing. But savior comes in all types of forms and fashion. It comes in business ideas. It comes in all types of addiction, saying, come entice, let's go this direction. It comes in relationships. Oh, if I'm just with this person, it'll complete me. Lies, right? It comes in all these forms and fashion, but really it leads to this point of emptiness. And here's where God uses that. Satan tries to use it to destroy as a decoy. God uses it as a real McCoy to give new life and freedom, eternal life. The gospel is so good, it's... It's hard to believe at times. And I hope that you're invited into the story in your life, Jesus with you, not Jesus in the distance. It's not the final frontier. Space isn't the final frontier. Space is being with God all the time. We are fools for God. There's five things this morning that if I could say, I want you to live this, I want you to follow this. And, and, and I think these are the words that heaven's communicating to us. And the first would be this, our guide is Christ, he fathers us. I love Paul's language there because he says, you'll find a lot of people with opinions trying to teach you things, but you'll find few people that wanna lead you like a father. It's the heart of a pastor there. Has anyone ever been led by a father? A good father, one that, teaches you and trains you and doesn't always tell you what you want to hear. Do you just surround yourself with people? Do I just surround myself with people that are yes men that tell you what you want to hear? And if you find yourself in those settings, what, you could, what could happen is it could be so fatal it leads you astray that now you're in a place that you never wanted to be. And what Paul's saying there is, I'm trying to father you, trying to lead you in a way that you'll know Jesus all the time. So you have to be okay with that correction, that kind of let's run some more sprints, God, because he cares. That's why he corrects, he cares. Our guide is Christ, he fathers us, and here's the vehicle, it's his people, the church. He leads us, me and you, that rhythm, that new family, to be accepted into God's last name, that you're royalty, you're on the outside, you were step everything at the very least. You're never able to get in but then he calls and he says, hey, you're one of mine. Wait, I don't deserve this. I'm not royalty. I'm not in the family. I don't have the same last name. Oh, I wasn't even born into this. No, no, that's mine. Are you believing the lie that you're not God's? You, we do this all the time. Oh, I'm not worthy. I can't. God is saying, no, you can. You are absolutely his prized possession. Two, being a fool for, fool for Christ is all good. All good. It's All good all good. I want to emphasize this so strong because I think sometimes we feel this temptation that we want to make Christ look cool. Christ is cool enough. He's cool enough. He's so cool. Maybe you've heard this term. People say, oh, that's a space cadet. It's like kind of belittling. Oh, he's this educated, nerdy person, space cadet. And, and educated people, typically when they're growing up in school, they get bullied. And then eventually they, you know, the paradigm switches around and the jocks end up working for that person. And it's funny how life has a way of humbling us all. But what is, what is so amazing to me is this idea when people say, oh, holy rollers, look at them or whatever. You should never be ashamed of who Jesus is, but you should be ashamed of, of anything you're trying to add on top of him. He's good enough, just let him be. Just let him be. You don't have to be perfect. You just talk about the one who gave you life, gave you freedom. That's what grace is. You can't earn it, you don't deserve it, you'll never be good enough, but God gave it and you simply get it by believing and receiving. What's next, how do I achieve? Believing and receiving. Okay, so what do we do? Once you believe it and receive it, you'll understand there's a whole lot to do, but you never wanna get it twisted. What you do doesn't change whose you are. You don't come in and there's a story of the prodigal comes back home, the son that spent all the money that his father had given him, public spectacle. Because to take your inheritance before the father's gone, that's putting your dad on blast. Saying, I don't even care about the family. Goes out, spends it all, is living this crazy lifestyle, Vegas on top of Vegas, and then comes back home and the father throws a party. Geeked, my son's home. Feel a little bit of condemnation. People are like, I haven't seen you in church in my life. I'm like, who cares? The son's home. They throw a party. And then the older brother, who's been doing everything right, goes up to the father and says, You never threw a party for me. You never took our livestock and made all these steaks for me. And he says, You were with me the whole time. You missed the point. You're with me the whole time. Your, our, your brother, my son who was lost, is now found. Let's go in and celebrate. Because we can't add anything on top of what the father's love gives us, we're full. The Father's love makes us full. That's why somebody who has nothing can have the confidence of heaven and somebody who has everything can still have the humility that the cross brings because they recognize that position is limited and it's just an opportunity to love people. So wherever you're at in the spectrum, I hope that you see that the cross gives you dignity. It gives you hope and it's okay to be a fool for him. There's some controversial words in Matthew 10. Jesus is talking. Verse 32, it says, "'Stand up for me against the world's world opinion, "'and I'll stand up for you before my Father in heaven. "'If you turn, tail, and run, "'do you think I'll cover for you? "'Don't think I've come to make life cozy.'" I've come to cut, make a sharp knife cut between son and father, daughter, daughter and mother, bride and mother-in-law, cut through these cozy domestic, domestic arrangements and free you for God. Well-meaning, family members can be your worst enemies. If you prefer father or mother over me, you don't deserve me. If you prefer son or daughter over me, you don't deserve me. I've wrestled with this because you're thinking, Jesus, do you not care about family? La familia, polo Like, why well, are you in here? this is for the family. What he's saying is if you could just even grasp how infinite the father's love is, that compared to all other things this world has to offer, we would hate it. That's how good it is. And then as we have the right perspective, a heavenly view, whoa, God gave me life. Therefore, I love what he's given me. But this isn't the love that will free me. And in fact, compared to the father's love, David Platt talks about this. Compared to this father's love, it is like hate, but not hate in an evil way that I hate. No, in fact, I love this, so therefore I love this. And it's a perspective shift. And it's playing on a, it's subtle and it's even. The nuances are so close that you could kind of miss it. I don't get it. So am I not supposed to love family? Absolutely, Jesus loves family deeply. But he cared about the Father's mission more importantly. Not my will be done, but your will be done. So he goes to the cross for who? First for the Father. A lot of times he went to the cross for you. It it limits the perspective. Jesus held the mission for his Father. He went to the cross first for the Father and because the Father wanted to restore the relationship with me and you. So it's a real cool perspective because it frees us of even looking at even our family as the source of life. Because, you guys, we've got to be really careful. We can worship our family. Anything that we worship outside of God is an idol. God says have no idols. But as we see, it gives us more um, freedom to then Love the things around us in a way that we're supposed to enjoy. They're gifts, y'all. A gift is meant to be what? Received, opened up. It's a gift. Marriage is a gift. Friendships are a gift. Your job is a gift. Somebody, your job is a gift. You hate your job. You walk around. You know what you're saying? God, I hate what you gave me. Take it up with him. I hate my job, God. Take it up with him. I never thought I'd be selling cars. I said, God, I never wanted to sell cars. My dad sold cars. I, I just remember him working all the time. And so the only thing I thought I would never sell cars... But well, one thing, here I am selling cars, 23 years old, and God kept saying, will you work here for the rest of your life? Will you work here for the rest of your life? I, I kind of academically got it. Sure, God, now what are you gonna give me? It kept coming up. Will you work here for the rest of your life? Will you work? Here? It took me three years, and I remember standing outside in the car lot. God, if you want, I start crying. God, if you want to work here for the rest of my life, I will. Sure enough, the Holy Spirit, I felt six months you'll be gone right after that. But I came to the end of myself frustrated, always trying to manipulate God. Okay, I said the answer, give me the result. Nah, you know how it happens when we're broken, broken before him, when we hate everything else in comparison to him. Have you lived long enough that you hate everything else in comparison to God? It can't give me hope. You can't get me excited long enough because it's just, it's not, a, it's not, a, uh, it's not as fulfilling as enough. It doesn't, it doesn't answer the divine desire I have in my heart to be affirmed by God alone. Now, I had the beautiful privilege of growing up in a household where we believed we could do anything. Because my parents, I don't have the story where my parents didn't instill confidence. We thought we were going to the NBA. I say we, because it was a we thing. We thought we were going to the league. We're going to make it to the league. I didn't know I couldn't probably make it to the league. Like, logically, people say you can do anything you want. Yeah, for the most part, but not necessarily, you know. Um, And and so finally, once I realized at 15, I'm not going to the league. Next thing you know, uh, you know who was there? I Man, Satan's Satan saying, hey, let's hit this. Let's go hang out here. And partying just became a real thing because, well, now what? We, when we get the perspective, really believing what God's been trying to do in us, we can do anything with our father leading us. We can make it to the league because we already got the league. It's him. It changes your why behind your what. Otherwise, the goal is shallow and hollow because at the end of it, it leads to disappointment. Narrows the path, difficult is the way, fewer on it, but it leads to life. Wide is the path. Many say, let's go. Come on, they don't know what they're talking about, fools over there. But over here, we got it, What it leads to death. And what I found over 15 years of asking God, what are, you, what are you saying to me today? All the time he writes this, I love you, I love you. Which is odd Because I've never wanted love from people that bad. I don't ever remember. I just wish, you know, my family tell me. I know they loved me. I say that because I think that illustrates in all of us a deeper desire than just what our world can provide us. It's a divine affirmation that says that you're accepted by me, the maker of the universe, who could condemn you. God could condemn you. God could kill you right now if he wanted. And that type of reverence, oh. And then he says, I love you, come here. Now you're okay, I'm on the Lord's team. That's where that Lord's army stuff starts at. You're in it, you're in it, you're in it. Do you believe that you're in it today? You're part of the greatest team, not on earth, not on turf, but the universe. I'm telling you, the angels, they, they submit to the position that you and I have in Christ. And when the king comes back, we're not talking, hey, where are you going, Disney World? You know, the interviews. I'm not sure, I'm torn. I like Tom Brady, torn. Tom versus time, good episodes. But grandpa's from Philly, and then City Life Philly, the the church that birthed us, Pastor Brad and them are in Philadelphia. So I, my allegiance is definitely going with the birds. But man, Brady, you know, he's a freak of nature. And to, to look at his obsession with a ball, just, you know, but to think of how Apostle Paul was obsessed that he wanted me and you to live this mission out so deeply that we'd be immersed in our position, immersed in our worth, to know that we are a king's kid. Uh, it sounds simple. I thought this Bible should be really difficult. I thought we need to go to class. Yeah, every class is to remind you of your worth. Every class is to remind you of your royal inheritance. Every class is to remind you of how you're supposed to look at this world and love people. We think, oh, well, wasn't Jesus saying hate family? What Jesus was talking was in a family setting saying, hey, keep the main thing, the main thing, but you want more people to come, right? Tell them the bad news. Tell them the bad news. Come on, E, what are we gonna tell them? We're gonna tell them the good news. We're gonna tell them the good news. God is so good. 1 John 2, 15, says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away. This is why you could be the most humanitarian person in the world, and kudos recycle, you know, let's no BPA plastic. Let's let's jump in for real, right? But, But to some level, we can't. We're not the one sustaining this thing. We're the one stewarding this thing. We didn't create it, but yet we will answer for it. But yet we don't find our hope in it. Our hope is above it. In fact, when Jesus comes back, it says he'll provide a new earth and a new heavens. And it will look, we're gonna be talking about this Vision Sunday in weeks to come. It's gonna look not as far-fetched, as similar as we think. What is heaven gonna be like? Heaven, there's a lot more clues than you would ever think. So many clues. He doesn't want it to be this far-off thing that you feel that like you can't touch or feel. In fact, the only time that you feel that it's talked about when it's far off, it's so beautiful, you can't describe how awesome it is. So we know that it's gonna be so good. And I hope that gives you encouragement because I know there's some people here that you've gotten a bad report, you're struggling. There's probably some kids here can't wait for church to end because you're, you know, but it's the same way you look at school. Your whole life is just, oh. But, But I hope though, you can feel the passion of heaven invading your space right now. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. That sounds a lot better than three payments of 9.99, and then you're gonna learn these top secrets for how to be successful. Those are great things, but they aren't the king. Let's not mock the king. And they need to lead us to the king. Or they need to have a disclaimer on the front. Look, this may or may not work for everybody. You know, and just kind of be honest. And it's okay. We hope that it doesn't change your worth or your position. We hope that you still know that your confidence is not in whatever you do or achieve. And the only person who's talking like that is Jesus because he's coming down off the mountaintop with the trophy, for the record, and coming down and giving it to us and saying, come on, let's go share in the winning team. Let's get in the huddle. Now that's a Super Bowl Sunday we're talking about. That's a Super Bowl Sunday we're talking about. Number three, our space will never be full from the outside world, but in Jesus, our inside world has an unlimited supply. When you watch the alien movies and they come invade, what are they trying to do every time? Trying to take over the earth, but not to populate it, are they? What are they always trying to do? Deplete the resources so they can take it for their own planet elsewhere. That perspective is the same lie that Satan uses all the time that the resources of this world will give you the unlimited supply. But Jesus says this, you're gonna eat, you're gonna drink, but you're gonna uh, be hungry again. You're gonna thirst again. But I'm gonna give you something that you'll have that is so much better. I'm gonna be invading your space all the time. I'm gonna teach you something. And that's the type of unlimited supply you and I have access to. Number four, success is the power of the cross. Use that verbiage very carefully because you'll find many definitions for success. And I think they're very profitable. John Wooden has one. I think it's something like, giving your best to benefit the team. So for the sake of others, that's a great one. You know, that you care more about yourself, that you care about the team. But even that's a little shallow because what about if we're in a game that we shouldn't be playing? What about I'm giving my best and we're trying to, Promote evil. That's, that's not, a, so we gotta qualify even a little bit further. That is a fruit on the tree. Okay, I like that. But what is the roots? I believe the root is the, the power of the cross is what success really looks like, that we have new life. And all those that put their faith in Jesus, they'll never be a fool, ever, ever be a fool. Why you need to know that? Because some of you, you've lost your 401k. You've lost things struggling in your life. You've lost, uh, uh, you've lost some, some, some battles, if you will relationships didn't go the way you wanted, but you can still have the confidence to know that you've put your security in Jesus Christ. And if you haven't put your security in Jesus, look, the whole world will will face judgment before him one day. And that's not gonna be cool to not be on his team. But I don't wanna motivate you by fear because Jesus came and motivated us by love. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Well, that's why he calls you by name this morning. He's not trying to get you on some dating site. He's not trying to get you to meet a location just for a moment of fun. He's not trying to get you talking late night on the phone thinking. He's not trying to get you out at the bar. He's trying to get you in a relationship that is so secure that he can travel with you all over. It doesn't matter if this plane will make it. It's we got the one who made it. That, that type of training is so powerful. Jesus' training um, is a lifestyle and deeply rooted in love. Lifestyle is a really important view of how you think of Jesus, because otherwise you're going to associate him with a diet fad. I need to learn the Ten Commandments. What do I have to do? The Pharisees, okay, these people that taught about Jesus, they knew all kinds of things, but they missed it. They missed it. We are all prone to missing what God wants to do. But if we come to the table, I don't know, God, teach me. It's a lot different than, God, I want you to sign off on my prescription that I've recommended to you. There's a difference. You go to the doctor, maybe you've been in pain and you're really good at knowing you need this type of painkiller. And the doctor, they listen to your story, they sign off. And then, but Jesus isn't like that. He's a good father. So he leans in a little bit further. I'm not sure you need that today. I remember there was a moment when I felt like my life was in jeopardy, in, Je- uh, in jeopardy. I was afraid for my life. And I remember sitting with the pastor and he said this to me. He goes, okay, first thing, really stern. You can't live in fear. Did you not listen to what I said? I think my life is, he goes, you can't live in fear. Can you at least listen to me for a minute and pat me on the back or something? You can't live in fear. Here's why. You're a child of the king, and there is no fear that will ever overcome you. Now, fear can be present, but we're going to exercise faith and wisdom. So there might be some strategies we need to take, but the first thing is we're not going to let Satan's voice be on the forefront. Fear is not going to win, and we're going to pray. And I remember thinking, that's like a father's voice. He didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. He told me what I needed to hear. That's really good because some of us, man, we've been playing genie God. God, I want you to tell me. I want buffet line. I want to come in. Yep, I like this. I like, no, no. Hey, you didn't make this right. I'll be back to get some. I paid, you know, I showed up at church, right? God, I wanted you to change my life in a day. It's not like that. God's the ruler, the king, the leader, the top dog. It's how it's working. And so I trust his plan. Trust his plan this morning, y'all. Trust his plan. He has you in Lansing for a reason. He has you in that job for a reason. He has you going through those situations, the issues, the pain, so that you can go to the one who's overcome it all. Live space, y'all. Working it out. It's not a diet. Some of you need freedom for that. You learn about aspartame, hydrogenated oils, and you're thinking, what in the world the American mindset always kind of we got to get more. I love this clip I'm about to show us because I think it illustrates um, it illustrates the exhaustion of how we could view God. And this guy's talking about raising the bar on the standard of life. And I think we do this raising the bar on the standard of Jesus. Check it out.
2: The reason why let's say taking United States as a example, this is not going to be the problem of only United States. United States has uh, come first in the race, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Others will get it because they're all going the same way. Right now US is a stock example. One thing is we go on raising the bar for survival. We must define this is survival. This means you're good enough. After this, it must be exploration of what you really wish to do. But we keep on raising the bar of survival in such a way, now even after becoming the most affluent nation, a whole lot of people are just struggling for survival. This is senseless. An affluence… affluence means your survival is done thing, isn't it? But like you just mentioned, They're working three jobs to survive. This is not affluence. This is horrible poverty. At least in India we can sit back and enjoy. (laughs) See, the way we have structured the society right now is people have a thirty-five-year house mortgage. I mean, if you have a thirty-five-year economic commitment to something, tomorrow even if God popped up here, you can't change the direction of your life because the bank is here <laughs> What will you do? Because largely you're all from Christian community, so I'm saying, if Jesus popped up tomorrow and he says, come follow me, you're not going… Because… Uh, no, not busy, you have to… We got monthly payment, <laughs> you got bills to pay, <laughs> insurance to pay. You can't change, this is a silly way of organizing our lives. The question… the… the very reason why we want to become affluent is so that depending upon what life offers us, we can change the direction of our life whenever we want, isn't it? Isn't it very important? This is one thing that has to sink into the American people. Being the most affluent nation means you are not battling for survival. This is happening because you are raising the bar of survival endlessly. No matter what you do, you are still only fighting for survival. If this one thing we change, then we can do lot of things about health and well-being and beyond that.
0: Thank you. The…
1: the beginning of that, um, do you know what the guy asked him? He goes, you have all these techniques about how to be healthy, will you teach us how to be healthy? You know, will you give me the secrets, give me the codes? And he goes like, mm, before I answer that question, I want to talk about the root. You want to learn that potentially because you've been raising the bar of what success is. And we can talk about a user's manual of what your body can and should do. He uses an illustration just before. He says, if you hold your hands like this, you'll breathe one way. But if you just simply put them up, you'll breathe another way. Try it. Go like this. And then just put them up and you'll breathe another way. And I've been doing that. I'm thinking, my. you feel it. It's like, you put, and that's why they a lot of times they'll sit like this in yoga or something. And, oh, whoa. It, it's just breathing. You breathe differently. It's like, oh. So the posture of you in your hands. And he says, before I talk about the user's manual of your body, let's talk about the root of maybe why you want that question and the, the standard you're raising. Because it's already, you're already good enough. You're accepted. And so now let's think of how do we in other words, steward the platform that you've been given and the purpose and the reason of it, and it doesn't make you better. For us, Jesus, what is he? Is there something today making you feel that you're not accepted? What is it? Are you not good enough? Are you adding and raising the standard of what Jesus said? He said, if you just believe in me, and rec- you can receive me. Simple as that. Faith in me, simple as that. You're new. So nothing should stop you from being close to God this morning. And when you're close with god this morning you need to be honest because he's a good father he that he knows everything you've done everything you've thought about everything you're thinking about there's people in this place too you you battle so much repetitive darkness and god came and blessed that because you're not letting them in you're masking it all in the world's kind of insulation and god can't even get to the he wants to change it all but you have to be willing to let some rockets go as you get to a certain place, you need to let the weight off. So the challenge is a very simple one. It's how do you let God love you? And how do you love people? And that's simply letting God have all of you. That's how you live this space thing. It means when you go home, maybe you need more of God's word going in you and you wanna put uh, Bible verses on the fridge. You need to start somewhere. Uh, I need a coach, I need training. Or maybe. This is the month you get plugged into a life group. We're kicking them off on February 25th. We don't do that because we think you have to. We do that because we want to protect and grow you. We wanna see you invested with people in community. Maybe today's the time when you say, mm, all right, I wanna live this. I don't want this to be just a day I went to church. I wanna get in the game. One of our on-ramps for that is the dream team. Would you stay after service, have a meal on us and hear the vision and the heartbeat of City Life and why it was planted it was planted for you. This isn't the me show, it's the he show. And it's all of us being a part of that. I think we could use some more greeters to say hi to people. I think we could use some people in the restrooms to kind t- of you know, get things ready when someone's in there. We could use more security with the kids wing. And maybe today's a day that you say, I wanna help with the slides and you come to get connected after service because you, don't wanna, you wanna start to live it. New rhythms, new relationship, new pace. You need some training, that's okay. A wise person says, God, lead me and teach me. First Timothy 4, in the message, it rips it out the park. You've been raised on the message of the faith and have followed sound teaching. Now pass on this counsel to the followers of Jesus there, and you'll be a good servant of Jesus. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, They are. It's really useful. But a disciplined life in God is far more so making you fit both today and forever. I'm trying to be spiritually fit forever, y'all. You might have some six-pack abs, but we're trying to be shredded for Jesus all the time. Now, if you have six-pack abs, I hope you use those for the glory of God as well. Not for the condemnation of our friends. Can't eat that. Can't drink that. (laughs) You can count on this. Take it to heart. This is why you've thrown ourselves into this venture so totally. We're banking. We're banking on the living God, Savior of all men and women, especially believers. Banking. What are we banking on this morning? Banking. Here's the analogy we'll close with. This music's beautiful because they're playing in tune and key and they're playing to a beat in a rhythm. Your life was meant to be in a rhythm. We were meant to work. Maybe you physically can't work. Well, maybe you could work in a different way where you pray for people, and that could be a form of work. You're meant to rest. You're meant to go to sleep, and it's part of the rhythm. You're meant to celebrate. You actually need to enjoy, or you'll, you'll constantly be pouring out, and you'll never enjoy People say, I just need a day to pamper myself. Self-care is never selfish. Self-worship is. And then there's maybe the day where you just, I need to take a vacation, not work all year for the vacation, but the, the rhythm of vacation. It's that beat, that rhythm, the metronome, the clock. Seasons, we get the luxury of having four seasons here. So we know the pace. And when it's harvest time, we can eat, but when it's work time, we have to work. So embracing this idea that maybe life is less about where we'll go or how we'll travel, but enjoying the moments and the process the whole time so that we can live space from a starting block, starting block, we've been there, we got it all. So somebody comes and says, let me teach you, lead you. A lot of times it's Satan's how he talks. You don't have it all. That's what he said to Eve. Did God really say, did, did God really say where do you feel like you're lacking today? I'm telling you this, if you feel that you're lacking, you can attribute it to the kingdom of darkness. If you feel freedom, you can attribute that to the kingdom of heaven. There's two different beats. One's distorted, one's off, one's confusing. And one over here is very safe. Secure, even as the waves hit because we're looking to the one who overcame it all so friends we're going to close in this series today by uh, praying praying in a way that says this is not about I hope today was profitable for you to go in your world not to have a mountaintop moment only to come down and then look back out of your life and think "Ah, oh, I'm exhausted again no There's freedom, freedom, freedom over it all. I pray you have power and confidence when you feel like giving up. Maybe your situation's hard and difficult, but what is God teaching you in it? Maybe you're at the car lot, I don't wanna work here. And God's saying, will you work here forever? Perspective shift and you start to worship God in the midst of it. And that's now how you have a new rhythm. Maybe you find yourself trying to solve everything in your life. You're the protector, you're the one. And as my son said to me today, he was by himself, which that's a, why aren't you with somebody? I said, uh, you should be with somebody. Oh, I'm looking uh, for him. So where are they at? I don't know. Okay, you're supposed to be with somebody. said my job is to help protect you it was so cool justice goes god's my protector i'm like well you got me on that one but i said so i had to get a little lower i said okay that is true but there's wisdom son um i i'm not trying to hoard and lord over you but i am trying to steward you and make sure that we teach and train you and lead you does that make sense okay yeah kind of that i love that truth though because it's two parties having an interaction. It's both true. I am I, I am supposed to help him, but he's saying the truth. God's my protector. You, in your situation, you are supposed to care about it, but remember the one who has the antidote for it. And that's that unique Matthew six type of freedom that he takes care of the birds. He takes care of the, the, the grass and the lilies and, How much more will he care and take about you? How valuable are you? That's the good news. Got a chance to hang out with the worship team yesterday. And we were just sharing some of the biblical truths that we find. We're all inspired by it. And I thought, I I said something that really echoes true in my life. I said, read your Bible because what you'll find is it's more intense than anything I said today. It's more promising than anything I could say. So you have an invitation of God's holy word for you that you can have all the time. And I know it might be confusing, you might have to start somewhere, but if I told you where a billion dollars was, and here's the treasure map. I mean, think back to Goonies. They did all they could to find it, right? $50 bill, $50 bill, like they did it all. If you haven't watched Goonies, you'll never get it. But but for real, that's the type of inheritance you have. And so I think a preacher's job is just simply communicate to you in an inspiring way of the access you have all the time that's available for you. So we're going to sing this chorus a few times. Maybe you want to stand and pause and, and let the Lord kind of show you your year. Show you a rhythm. And you take, take the weight. I'm... Maybe you literally need to think of something, say it out loud and just set it down. Could be in your chair, it could be up here at the altar. And we're gonna sing, we're over on time, but I wanna take 60 seconds to just say, hey, I need you, God, in this area. Will you do that? I think these words are so powerful. We only need Jesus. that today um, if you had to think if your heart quit beating you you have not given your life to Jesus Christ and today is a day that you are okay to be looked at as a fool for Jesus Christ and you're done with your old life, you're done with your sin, you're done with the nonsense, and even as I talk, your heart beats faster. You're thinking, man, he's talking about me. Today is your day for freedom. And if that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. If that's you, come on, right now. I see you right now, right now. No more, right now, don't behave. Hey, who cares what anybody says? Right now, today is your day for freedom. Jesus says, those that come to me, I will by no ways cast them out, that they will have new life and freedom, that when one person repents and turns from their life of wickedness, that the angels in heaven rejoice. And I want you to know that God is throwing a Super Bowl party for anybody that repents. And so you can just keep your hand up and say, Jesus, take my life. God, make me new. Make me whole. Give me freedom. And I'm telling you, it's that instant. The Bible says that your sins are gone. He remembers them no more, and their life, your life is hidden in Christ, and you become whiter than snow. That's good, y'all. That's a new life, a new birthing, and that's freedom. You guys. I hope today when you go to your Super Bowl parties or if you don't like football and you want to tell somebody that you don't like it, wherever you find yourself, I pray that you remember that Jesus is holding a victory trophy and that we're all a part of that. And that is what Super Bowl Sunday, every Sunday, is all about. That's why we sing, because we've been given freedom, new life. I was dead, now I'm alive, and I want more people to experience that life and freedom. And so I hope today that you walk with Pep in your step and that you love so deeply and look to Jesus. And I hope that today you would also stay. Will you join the dream team? Uh, I'll wait next month, maybe today, right after service in this room. And last, here's the challenge. I have cards that we're gonna be given every single person as you leave. Now you don't have to invite anybody. So if you wanna throw these in the trash, if you just wanna, I'm good. But if you would be so daring to ask one person this week, will you sit with me? For what? Uh, City Life? What's that about? Is it Jesus? I don't know. I, I just like there. Who cares what you say? Give me an invite and let God do his thing. It, it, huh, I love you. I don't get it. I'm okay that I'm a fool for Christ. I love you. Next week, we're going to be talking about uh, just a, the movement perspective that God wants us to have as a family this year. We've been laying this out before multiple people and dreaming in a way that he's feeling and breathing for Lansing, Michigan and what we're going to do because we want to be and then do in Jesus name. Amen, y'all. Okay. Next week, we'll see you 10 a.m., 1130. Lead a life group. Open house. Going to be in big kids in a minute. Food and then get connected. Stay right here. We're starting in, I think, 10 minutes. We're going to have food. Thank you guys. For listening to the City Life Lansing podcast, loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.